What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great and having an incredible weekend. Uh, if you are new here to Grace, my name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for your willingness to come and check out a church that meets in a movie theater. We hope that you felt welcome. Uh, we hope that you feel God's presence, and this is actually a great time uh, to come to Grace because we're going to launch out on a new series called Fresh Air, uh, right? We're still celebrating Easter. Easter was last week, the resurrection of Jesus. We had incredible services in the Melbourne Auditorium, and, and here we are. We're going to launch out on a new series because I believe that God has some amazing things for us, incredible things he wants to communicate to us because if you think about it, we need fresh air. Like We need encouragement in our life. We need to breathe him in. We need our soul to be revived uh, in our life. And I know just recently, Nicole and I had a great opportunity. There was uh, somebody in our church that, that came actually to the office, and they led us through just some, some exercises, right? Some stretching, some bending, so, so, right? And, and, and we would take deep breaths in, and we would breathe out. Like, it was basically Christian yoga, and we were stretching, and we were contorting our bodies and pulling our hamstrings, and like, it was great, though. Like, we totally loved it. It was so much fun, and so we would just take these deep breaths refreshing breaths in our life. And so we need that, right? We need to, to fill up our lungs with fresh air and to feel alive and rejuvenated by the Lord and who he is. And because and many times in our life, we just, we don't feel that way. Maybe you don't feel that way right now, right? You're just, maybe you're just struggling with some things and some issues and problems. You just, you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're stuck in your situation or, or you just are dealing with complacency, in your life, you're not sure which direction to go, or, or you're just uh, are, are settling for mediocre, or things are just okay, and, and, or you feel tired in life. You just are pushing and pushing and pushing. You feel so busy, and you just are exhausted uh, with life in and itself, and you just are, many of us, were longing for revitalization, right, to experience the resurrection of Jesus in our lives, to breathe that in. And the thing I love about Scripture is there are real people. Uh, that we're dealing with real issues and problems that we can take a look at. And God speaks to us through his word. In fact, there, there was a man named Job. It's spelled J-O-B, not, not pronounced Job, but Job. And so he was going through a tough time. And in Job chapter 33, verse 4, this is what he says. He's like, but for the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. And so even though he was going through a tough time, the, the reality that, that the breath from the Almighty one, comes and fills us up, and, and that's so true. Maybe you've experienced this in your life, and, and the reason we feel that way is because we are made in the image of God. Uh, literally, God, because of his Holy Spirit and who he is, he breathes his spirit into us, and that's amazing. We, we have a body, we have a mind, right? We have emotions, but we are spiritual beings, and our spirit is what lives for eternity, whether in heaven and hell, but God breathes into us. And he fills our lungs with life. And, and so ho hopefully you, you feel that and you've experienced that before because we need that. We need that encouragement. And the thing that's amazing about God and who he is as our dad, like he does that for us when we need it most. Like he gives us that refreshment that we long for. But then I, I love just the aspect about God and who he is where he also allows other people to do that in our life, uh, right? And so maybe you have people in your life that, that you just enjoy being around. Anytime you talk to them or spend time with them or go out to dinner or have coffee, you just, you feel better. And, and there's just something about them. Right now, like who is that person for you in your life where you just feel uplifted anytime you talk to them? 
And then along with that, I would just kind of ask you, who are you that person for? Because many times we just, we want that person in our life, right? And like, oh, I got to go talk to them and they make me feel so good. Okay, well then who are we being that for? Where somebody else may be reaching out to us and, and, and we can, can breathe that type of, of fresh air into them. Because if you think about it, when we breathe in, we don't hold our breath. Like we breathe it out. And so we're to breathe that fresh air onto other people. As long as you have good breath and you don't have bad breath. Like, if you have bad breath, like, hold on a second. Like, there's boundaries, right? There's, there's some distance there. But, I mean, right, we need to be that fresh air, right, that the Holy Spirit puts inside of us that we can breathe out on other people. And we need this. We need this big time. And, and it may be just, maybe you, you kind of feel like a sailboat that's out at sea, right? And, and you're out at sea. And at one point in time, things were going really good. You're sailing along, you're cruising. You're like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. And all of a sudden, though, the wind has died down, right? There's no fresh air. You're out in the middle of the ocean, and it just is hot. You're just looking around. You're going, there's not even a light breeze that's kind of blowing the arms, uh, the hair on my arms. Like, there's just, there's nothing. It's dead. It's stale. It's hot. Like, things were good, but now, all, all you look around, and you just see water, Right, with no wind, and, and it's just that's challenging. Maybe that's where you are. And the thing that, that, is, that we have to recognize is sometimes we get in situations like that. Right? We want to have fresh air, but we just, we're not in that place. Maybe right now you feel that way. You're struggling in your circumstances. And, and I've identified a few different things that we do. Right, that when we're going through that difficult time, when there is no wind in our sails, right? You look at the sail and there's no wind blowing, like the the, the sail is just kind of dead flat. There's just nothing to it. There's a few things that we do to deal with that. And so one of the things that we often do is we just start faking it. Right? I I don't know if you've ever done this before. I know I have, where you know we just we're dealing with something and we just don't want anybody to see. Uh, we don't want anybody to know our, about our situation, what we're struggling with, so we just kind of hide things, right? Uh, we may be dealing with sadness or hurt or with depression, but instead of letting people see it and experiencing it, we put on a mask, right? We want to shield that so nobody's aware, and, and maybe there's just a, a wound, a cut that you're dealing with that's been deep and you're not addressing it, addressing it. You're just kind of putting a bandage on it, but you're not experiencing healing that the Lord offers. And it actually talks about this in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14. It says, they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurance of peace when there is no peace. And so sometimes when we're dealing with that, right, dealing with issues and problems, we, we may identify somebody where we go, oh, wow, like I'm going to share this with them. I'm going to tell them about this. And, and you tell them, and, and you were really hoping that they'll help us, right? We need them in this moment, and, and we're looking to them, and, and they kind of hear our story, and they go, wow, that's so hard. Like, I'm so sorry. And then they just kind of walk away, and you're going, what? what? Like, what's up with that? Or, or they, they, they do the, 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 the right Christian thing. They go, oh, well, I'll just be praying for you. And then they kind of walk away, and you're going, like, what? Like, and, and prayer is great. Like, I totally believe in prayer and the power of prayer and, and what God does in it. But sometimes in that moment, I just need somebody that's going to relate with me and connect with me and, and shoulder with me what it is that I'm dealing with and the problems. And maybe you just are, are struggling with that as well. So instead of feeling let down again, we just kind of fake it, 
We just pretend like everything's okay when really inside we're struggling. And, or maybe instead of faking or, or in addition to it, uh, we're putting things off, right? We're putting just this issue and problem and, and, and we think in our head that all time, or that time heals all wounds. Because we've heard that before. We go, oh, over a period of time, I'll, I'll, I'll feel better and it'll be done and gone. And, but the reality is, is time does not heal all wounds. Uh, and, and it just, it doesn't. But I would say that Jesus, because of who he is as our healer and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's where our healing comes from. You know, oftentimes the, the time just adds fuel to the fire, makes us more angry or more bitter in what we're dealing with. And it just, it just kind of stirs and stews longer inside of us. And so though you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it, it just hasn't because we're putting it off. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says that we are to look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And the thing that's interesting is if we're not dealing with it, if we're putting it off, then that root grows inside of us. And it not only affects us, but it affects others if we allow that to stay. Uh, I don't know if you love to grow plants and, and like plant things and stuff. I know in, in our backyard, we have like an area where we have some plants and bushes and type things, and, and uh, we have a little rock garden type thing. And it's pretty and nice, and you know, there's some small rocks and some larger rocks that you can walk on. But here, here's the thing that's not so nice is there's lots of weeds that grow up in that rock garden. Like it, it just, it, sometimes it's actually annoying because you look and you go, oh, like, and so if, you, if you're like that, you, you, if you not love to do, tend your garden or, or have a flower bed or, you know, you look at something and you recognize that there are weeds, you know that you've got to spend spend time pulling out the weeds. You've got to get down on your knees. It, 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 it's a little bit uncomfortable. You've got to dig down with your fingers to get down inside or underneath the, the soil because you know if you pull the, just the top of that weed, I don't know how they do it, but the next day it's like that thing will be twice as big. I don't know how they do it overnight, but weeds grow overnight. So you know that you've got to dig your fingers down there and grab that root and pull the whole thing out. And that's, that's such a great analogy for us. Like, we can't allow that root of bitterness to remain. Sometimes we've got to dig down deep, and it's challenging, and it, and it is difficult and hard. But instead of putting things off, there's other options, other ways. And unfortunately, sometimes we do fake it, and we put things off. And if you find yourself that you're doing those things, unfortunately, it kind of leads to this path where we experience number three, and that's when we just kind of give up, where we're in a situation that's so hard, so challenging. We've been in it for a while. It's been an extended season. And we don't see a solution. We don't see any cool breeze coming on, on the ocean waters at all. And we've lost all hope. And sometimes we get to this place where we just, we give up on God. Or we give up on life as a whole. Sometimes... Um, people will come to me and talk to me just about what I do, you know, about being a pastor, and they just they they think that it would be hard or difficult to do what I do, and I appreciate that. It's great. I mean, anytime you're doing something that you're called to do, right? There's certainly days that are challenging, but it, we're living out our calling in God, so we just kind of recognize that. But I know there are certain days that are tougher than others in anything that we do, and certainly in my life. And I um, I want to share with you the story 
of my toughest day uh, in ministry so far. I've been in ministry about 20 years, and so this was several years ago. Um, we had the amazing opportunity to move to Jacksonville from 2004 to 2009 to help start a church. We helped planted a church up there, and I was the, uh, an assistant pastor on staff. And so it was one of the mornings right there, right around 2006, the church was a couple of years old, and, and I was at the office early. Uh, I'm a little bit of a morning person, so I, I would get up early, I would go to the office. Nobody else was there. Uh, I had unlocked it, you know, the front door and was there, and I was in my office, and then um, I, I heard somebody come in the door. Like, I, I, I didn't know who it was, it was a little early, and so I kind of peeked around the corner, and there was a young man. Uh, that came in the front door, and I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? Like, how are you doing? But right when I walked up and kind of saw his countenance uh, and just kind of saw his face, I, I knew that there was, you know, something wrong, right? There was something bothering him. And he began to share just some of his struggles and some of the pain that he was experiencing. And he kind of looked at me, he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're here, uh, but just so you know, uh, this is my last straw. Like, this is my last stop. And he's saying things like that. And, and then he goes, this is my last try. Uh, and so I'm kind of cluing in uh, to what he's talking about and the gravity of the moment and what he's sharing. So we talked a little more and come to find out he had packed up everything in his apartment. Um, all of his clothes he had put in trash bags, and he had them in his car that he had pulled up into the parking lot of the church, and he had come in, and uh, he shared with me that he had already written his suicide note, and that it was on the front seat of his car, and he had a gun, and he had the bullets, and this was his last try. And so with all that, I mean, gosh, I even get goosebumps talking about it now because I remember the moment so clearly in what he was doing and what he was sharing and, and just the weight of the situation. And, and, and when you think about suicide and what it is and taking your own life, like when you look at it now, uh, unfortunately, suicide has gained a lot of popularity, uh, a lot of popularity where, where any, any report that you look at the, the number of young people and teenagers and college students and military are, uh, and veterans, uh, just the, the percentage of them that are taking their own life ha has increased significantly. And there's even a Netflix show called 13 Reasons Why. And so the, the reality, when you talk about it, even just with a show like that, what that's caused is some teenagers to even consider suicide or, or think about what it would be like if, if they did it and so I wanted to share with you, if, if you're a teenager or a, a college student or a veteran or somebody that's struggling, I just wanted to share with you that, you know, for us, I would say very clearly that suicide is not the option. Uh, suicide is not the, the, the way, the route that you should, should go to take your own life is not the answer. And we're here, right? I'm not just the guy up here with a microphone, like, to be disconnected. We're here. We have incredible pastoral team and connection group leaders and people, you know, a, a, a family in our church, a family of church people that, that are here to help you and encouraging you. And so I just kind of want to share the reality. What happens is sometimes those thoughts come in our head and, and those thoughts actually come from the devil. Uh, th those are the enemy trying to put those thoughts because scripture tells us that the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So he, he, he does not want you to continue to live. And in fact, scripture also tells us that the devil's a liar. 
So he'll lie to you about you and who you are. In fact, he'll say things like, it, doesn't, it won't matter. Like if, if you take your own life, if you commit suicide, nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to care. And here's the reality. That's just not true. That's not true at all. And so he, what he's trying to do is to put those thoughts in our head that we would find ourselves getting drawn towards them and actually believe the lie that he's saying. And so when you look at our culture right now, you know, people are choosing suicide as a coping mechanism where they come to the end and they say, I, I just, I give up. That, that I, I want it to, to end, to be over. And, and here's the deal, like they, they would rather end it all. They've lost all hope and they're just so miserable and so stuck. And so I, I, there's, there's scripture that talks about this. It's the, the gentleman Job again, where in chapter 17, he says this in verse 14, he says, where then is my hope? Can anyone find it? No, my hope will go down with me to the grave. We will rest together in the dust. And so what happens is when we feel like we have no hope, we give up. We think that that's the end. There's no more. And so many times just when you look at just our struggles and the way that we cope with things, you know, sometimes just physically, mentally, emotionally, we're spent so people will look to alcohol and go, I just, I'm going to drink and I'm going to drink a lot and that's going to help me to deal with my problems or, or smoke pot just so I don't remember, you know, I don't have to deal with that or, or, or engage in lots of sexual activity and trying to, to find themselves connected with somebody else or taking pills to just numb the pain that, that, that we're walking through and struggling. And man, I'll, I'll tell you, like this, this happens to the best of us. Uh, so many of us, we struggle with this in different ways. And so I just, I, I want to share with you that, that man, we, we can have this breath of fresh air, right? We can have this, and the Lord wants to breathe into us. But even the best of us struggle with things like this at different times. Even Paul, like the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he was battling with the reality that his life may come to an end. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, he says this, he says, we think... You ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed, overwhelmed, beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And so I don't know where you're at right now, what you're struggling with, but here's the, the, the incredible aspect about our God and who he is. He does raise us from, from dead and from the dead, and, and so he breathes, this, breathes life into us, right? It's like he breathes that fresh air that we're longing for, and it, it, it can only come from him. It's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves because we try lots of things, right? Maybe you've tried other solutions, other opportunities, and tried different paths and roads, and you found yourself kind of in this same place and same moment. And we look for external solutions all the time. And none of them will satisfy or give us the hope that we long for the way that God does. Because sometimes those temporary solutions that we look to, they'll help us for a little while. Right? They do. They kind of ease the pain for a little bit. But the only way that we can experience the lasting 
solution, the lasting resolution, the, 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 the resolving of our problems and issues if, is if we experience this internal spiritual transformation where I would say that because of God and who he is, he brings healing from the inside out, inside of us. And so I just want to share with you that, that there's a choice, right? There's a choice in the method of healing that we can experience. It's, it's kind of like this. Let me, let me give you an example. So uh, my wife and I, were the uh, parents of, of three kids. We have a 17, a 15, and a 9. And so before our, our sons ever came along, we wanted to be great parents, Right, we just we were like we wanted to be the best parents, and we wanted to raise our kids well, and and so Nicole and I we would go to parenting classes uh, b- before we ever had our first child. We went to we, we went to a parenting connection group where we learned how to parent kids, and and you know anytime maybe you've gone to some of those, and and I know we've led them over the years, and and so there's different curricula that, that focus on like different things and and how to do certain parenting methods and one of the things that we noticed is some of them would focus on behavior modification and so what it what it is is for those of us that are parents we're like well that means that we will threaten our kids or we'll bribe our kids or or we'll restrict them or we'll ground them or we'll we figure out some way to make them do what we want them to do but there's other parenting curriculums and methods that we found that actually would focus on the internal aspect of our kids, where it would cause us to want to shape and mold their heart. Instead of focusing on the the, the exterior behavior, we began to talk about their heart and who they were as kids and young men and teenagers. And and so we we talk about choosing godly things and and the reason why. And, And so there's always a choice. There is. There's always a choice that, that lies in front of us. And too many churches over the years, over the last several decades, have focused on us doing the right things. Uh, as Christian people, and it, it's like you've got to make sure that you do the right things. And, and so part of it was like you've you got to do the right things so you don't have the guilt or you don't have the shame or you need to pursue righteousness. And, and the thing that's interesting is the pursuit of righteousness is different than being righteous. There's a difference there. That's tweet worthy, by the way. Uh, you can steal that. So, I mean, the pursuit of righteousness is different than somebody who is righteous. Because oftentimes we think, oh, I just, I just got to do more. Like, I got to pray more. I got to read my Bible more. I got to serve more at church. And those are great things, those are wonderful, but those cause us to, to be, or to want to be like Jesus out of our own power, out of our own strength and things that we can do, it's our own effort. And Jesus actually talked about this in John chapter 5, verse 31. He said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. And so instead of doing more, what if we received all that Christ has already done? And that's what's amazing about Christ and who he is as our Savior, as our Redeemer. He's already paid the price. He's already done all the things that are necessary. He accomplished it all because of the cross and his death and the empty tomb and his resurrection. And so the things 
that we do or the things that we say or do for each other or pray in our relationship with God or reach, come out of the overflow of our heart because of who we are and what God is doing. And so let me pastor you for just a moment. What is the condition of your heart? If I were to ask you, and we were just sitting down, you and I, and we were just sharing some coffee and talking, and, and I asked you, like, what's the condition of your heart? How would you respond? Like, what, what are you feeling in that right now? Because so many times we think if, that if we call ourselves a Christian, like that makes it okay. And, and the reality is, is calling yourself a Christian does not make us like Christ. We have to live this out. He, he does things inside of us. And, and the reason I say that is because I've met some really mean Christians before. And they call themselves Christian. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like if that's what it looks like, then we're in trouble. <laughs> and so what I've found and what I would share with you is some of us, like we've got to do some things to change uh, our community's perspective on Christians and how they, they see us and, 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 and what they think about us. And so our desire to lead a Christ-centered life because of who he is inside of us in the Lord, where we're relating with him and connecting with him because of who he is inside of us, where we receive the fresh air. And it comes out in our life, and not just because of what we do, but because of who we are, because of Christ. It's kind of it's like if God were to say to you and I, if he were to ask us a question, and he were to say, do you love me? We would go, well, I'm in church, right? I came to Grace Church this morning. It's even the week after Easter. I, I went Easter and the week after Easter. Like, what's up? Like, two weeks in a row for me and my family. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm in church. And God would say, sure. Like, that's great, but do you love me? We would go, yeah, God, I, I, I do love you. I, I'm even up to date on my soap Bible reading, like all the dates and the, and the check in the box, like today's April 28th, and I already did it. Like, I'm already there, and I'm up to date, and God would go, okay, but do you love me? And we would say, God, I don't even eat devil's food cake. I only eat angel food cake right? That's what we would say. And so often, we would answer that question out of the things that we do. I know I do that, and maybe you do as well. And the thing that we know in our mind where we could not ever, ever do enough good to earn our way to heaven. I mean, it is only by the grace of God because of Jesus's death and resurrection and us receiving his love, receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving the fresh air that God breathes into us and who we are. It's, I hope that you're able to, to see this and grasp this and, and understand what's going on because really there's a choice. There is a choice. It's very significant. It's very powerful. In the method that we choose, there is an opportunity that lies in front of us. I want to share with you a verse that talks about this. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says, Today, 
I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. All that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so God lays before us a choice. And the thing that's incredible is all heaven is watching. That's one of the things that you and I forget. We live a life. We have days and hours and breath in our lungs, yes. But we are spiritual beings and and all heaven watches, right, as we live this life and and the choices that we make. And so there are choices that, that lie in front of us and we can choose life or we can choose death. And so I wanted to wrap up that story that I started earlier about the young man that came into the church office a few years back. It was heavy, right? My toughest day in ministry. And he was sharing things and problems and issues and people. And we talked for about two and a half hours. I was able to get him some help. Right, He obviously needed some professional help, and so we got him the help that he needed, got him connected in the places uh, that he needed to. And the thing that was just beautiful is I, I shared you know, my information with him, and he obviously now knew where I worked. And I got to, to spend some time with him after that day. Uh, where, where we, went, we met several times in my office, and, but he came in under different circumstances. It was so amazing. Just I began to disciple this young man and to talk to him about the Lord and who he is and what he does and what he's done in my life and how he wants to use him and like it was incredible to see what takes place when somebody chooses to breathe the fresh air that God offers and so the a fantastic way for you and I to to acknowledge this and and receive what Christ offers is for us to take communion together and so as you walked in maybe you noticed the communion elements at the front uh, and maybe you grab those. And, and so if you follow after Jesus, we would welcome you to take communion with us. If you, would, if you don't have some communion elements and you would like them, if you could slip your hand up, our ushers would be happy to serve you. Uh, the reason this is such a big deal when we talk about fresh air and about communion, because at the Last Supper, Jesus was celebrating Passover uh, with his friends, and they were in the upper room. And It was an incredibly powerful time, a very poignant moment for Christ. He knew what that night would bring. He knew what the next day would would offer. And he takes this time to do something so important, so significant, where he he takes uh, the bread that's on the table uh, for the Passover meal. So if you want to peel back that top layer of cellophane, we have this amazingly delicious Uh, wafer right here and so what this is is this is christ's body right this is christ saying hey here's my body i'm going to lay it down for you as a sacrifice and this is part of the way that you and i get to receive christ and 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 consume him in his body and his blood and and receive the fresh air that he offers and so christ took that bread and he broke it he said this is my body that I'm going to lay down for you as a sacrifice. And, and I know for us here at Grace Church, and uh, we, do, we, uh, we understand just the magnitude of what Jesus was saying, what, the, just how Jesus literally, because of his life and death, separates time. And he changes our life. And we receive him in. 
And so what an incredible symbol for us in the wafer uh, because of Christ's body. But then Jesus also took the cup of, of wine. He said, this wine is my blood. And I'm, we're going to drink it and consume it. And, and so you, I'm giving this to you for the forgiveness of your sins. So that all the things that we've ever done would be wiped away and erased once and for all. And it's incredible that we get to partake in communion together as if Christ is here with us, inside of us. And so breathing him in, breathing in the Holy Spirit, let's take a moment and I'm gonna pray for the elements and we'll take them together. And so Lord God, we thank you for who you are. God, you literally breathe from heaven on us. Lord, you fill the sails in our sailboat with your fresh wind, the fresh wind of your anointing. Lord, even in the upper room, after the resurrection, 40 days later, the day of Pentecost, the wind comes in and breathes. And, and Lord, it's you, it's your spirit. And so, Lord, we welcome that. We, we, we're excited. We're, it's refreshing for us. And Lord, you rejuvenate us. You take the old and you remove it. You make us new. You take the past shame and the guilt and, the, and, and sins and you remove those once and for all. And so, Jesus, we welcome you into our life. Holy Spirit, would you change and re- reform our mind the way that we think. Transform us in, our, in how we process. Lord, that we would be able to live this out just out of the overflowing of our heart because of who you are in us. God, we delight in you. Thank you for being a miraculous God. We honor you and glorify you. God, that you would bless these elements as we partake in them together as a church. In Jesus' name, Christ's body given.